Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Stephen Corson Show. I am so excited that you are here today to talk about a very exciting topic um, that might seem a little redundant at first, but I promise it's not. The topic of today is going to be why rich is overrated and why wealth is not. So at first you're going to be like, Stephen, that's the same word. What what, what are we doing here? <laughs> and I, yes, we definitely do tend to use the words rich and wealth uh, interchangeably. But if you look, it's kind of like bold and courage. You know, it feels like the same thing. Uh, but they're really not. Bold's actually very different than courage, and rich is actually pretty different than wealth. So, you know, I want to start off with a challenge question to you. So stop and think about this. What number means you are rich? What number? What is the threshold that has to be crossed, in your opinion, in order for you to cut? To, to, to call yourself rich, what has to be in that bank account, overall net worth, equity in your home, all that stuff, doesn't matter. What's the number when you can sit back and go, okay, I'm rich. Think about it, okay? Do you have a number? Okay, so if you have a number, the financial brokerage firm Charles Schwab, big national chain, did a big poll uh, just recently. They do this every year, apparently. And between the ages of 21 to 75, they survey people to consider to find out what these people think it means to be wealthy. So we're talking multiple demographics. They're doing it across the board. Uh, you know, th- this is very, you know, scientific. And the number that everybody came to, and keep your number in mind that you just picked, the number that everybody came to was 2.6 million. I don't know about you, but that was really low. For me, I had 10. 10 million to me because I was sitting here going, well, if I live in like a New York City, you know, it's kind of a loaded question. I'm like, if I live in a New York City or Los Angeles, like, you know, a million dollars isn't going to get me very far versus where I live now in Florida. A million dollars will actually get me a lot further. So, you know, there's a lot to it. So for me, I looked at it and I just said, you know what? If I had $10 million, I would consider myself rich at that point because then I could pretty much live anywhere um, and have like a pretty good standard of living, right? And then if I wanted to, I could invest that and live off the interest. So 10 million was my number. I was way off compared to what everybody else seems to think. But again, this is just an average. So 2.6 million. Now, this is pretty interesting. Okay. I didn't originally go to look out for this. So, depending on when you're listening to this, COVID 19 is still going on. A lot of places are uh, still, you know, we're trying to get people to wear masks, do all this other stuff, you know, trying to stay safe. Um, it has definitely changed behaviors. It has changed the way that people think about what is essential. And I think that's something that uh, we're all, you know, there's there's a lot of bad things that have come out of COVID, but I think there's going to be a lot of good too. And I think this is actually a sign of that. People have been trapped at home. Uh, home Depot and Lowe's stocks have gone up like crazy because, you know, people are just going doing home improvement projects. I was one of them. I remember I went to Home Depot just to get out of the house, uh, I think the first month of quarantine. And I showed up and I was shocked how many people were there. Like it was 
absolutely packed. And I think their stocks uh, just gone through the roof since then. So, you know, it wasn't just me thinking that way. Uh, hey, had a lot of time on our hands, right? But the point is, one of the, the best terms I've heard for this time with COVID has been the great reset. And I love that thought because I think that through technology, there's been a lot of um, uh, bad behaviors that we've kind of developed that we're kind of figuring that out on the back end now uh, that we didn't really see on the front end. So now, as people are starting to sit at home, spend more time with their families, really see what's more important, only six months later. So when they've done this this previously over the past couple of years, the number that people picked was around 2.4, 2.5 million this year. In January is 2.6 million. So it, it kind of kept going up of what people thought you needed to be wealthy. They repolled people after COVID, right? Mid-year, that number dropped to 2 million on average. So, I mean, that's that's huge. That's over a 20% drop in people's opinions. Why? I think it's because people are starting to reevaluate what is rich right? What do I actually need in life? So I thought that was really interesting. So here's my point for today. What is the difference between rich and wealth? Well, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, which to me is the um, you know, forefront authority on the English language. And if you have an issue with, uh, an issue with Merriam-Webster's dictionary and you don't like these definitions, then I can't help you. Uh, <laughs> good luck figuring it out. If you're an urban dictionary person, you can go look it up, see what they do. But I'm using Merriam-Webster. All right. And the definitions are rich is having a great deal of money or assets. Not shocking. I'm pretty sure that's just about what we all expected. It literally just has to do with like, look, I got I, I, I can buy stuff. OK, that is rich. Wealth is defined as plentiful supplies of a particular resource. OK, money is not mentioned at all in that definition. It is plentiful supplies of a particular resource. Now, money is a resource, but you know what? There's other types of resources. There's time. Time is a resource. It's very valuable. Uh, many times we put time off on the back burner, right? Uh, there are other types of wealth. There's social wealth. What is your network? Uh, a lot of you have probably heard the term, your net worth is, uh, or I'm sorry, your network is your net worth, right? What about your health? Your health is wealth. Um, gosh, if you're in bad, um, a lot of times we don't think of it that way, but if you're in bad health, it's definitely affecting your monetary wealth, <laughs> right? So uh, on top of everything else, so there are multiple different types of wealth. And that's where I feel like we need to shift our thinking a little bit. I want to quote the one of the most famous pirates I've ever known, Captain Jack Sparrow. And he, uh, as you may have known, they did a documentary on him uh, over, I think, five different movies. I'm not sure if I saw anything past the third, uh, but it's called Pirates of the Caribbean. And he says, not all treasure is silver and gold mate. I think that's great because it really personifies the message that we're trying to get across here. So that's it. You know, in, in the, th the thing that I want to challenge people to do is that when we start talking about rich, there's nothing wrong with rich, right? What we need to do, though, is not let thinking about money come first. So I was doing, um, I mentor uh, somebody and I was talking with them the other day and a uh, younger gentleman looking to get into a career. And basically what ended up happening is we were just kind of talking about how to, you know, it, he's not a hundred percent sure what he wants to do. You know, when he gets older, he's about to go to college, all this other stuff. And I said, don't really worry so much about what you're doing. I said, you'll find something. I said, focus more on the type 
type of life that you want to have? Do you want to work weekends? Do you care about working nights? What's your what, what's a good salary for you? $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 coming out of college. What does that need to be? You know, do you care where you live? Do you want the ability to be able to do your job remotely? Or do you like doing like more out in the field work, hands on stuff like figure out the type of life that you want to have first and then build what you want to do around that. So that's that's kind of the 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 modem of where I'm trying to go with this. Point number two is this rich is not what you think it is. Okay, so before we ever get into the fundamentals of money, we need to understand what we're chasing after we can't know where it is that we're going until we have a destination or I'm sorry, we we can't know how we're going to get where we're going until we know where we're going. We have to have that definition uh, destination. So if you're sitting here and you're looking out and you're going, man, I I, I really just want to earn $20,000 over the next year and save it up. Why? Like, is there a reason for that? How are you going to get there? What are you doing that for? There needs to be more of a purpose. Um, Now, saying all that, money is, again, not what we think it is. I know a lot of unhappy rich people. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My wife, one of her guilty pleasures in life is the, uh, what is it? The, the, not the desperate housewife, the, the real housewives uh, of whatever city, right? The OC or New York or any of those. Uh, Most of those women are doing pretty well from themselves one way or the other. However, they got their money. They are some unhappy people. Now, listen, I know it's reality TV. I know a lot of that stuff is staged. I don't know a lot of people who, even though they constantly, say this person's a backbiter and we don't like them and all this other stuff. They said some mean things to this, uh, to me at this party that one time when we had too much wine, you know what, in order to fix the relationship, we should probably have another party with the same people with too much wine. That's not a logic that goes through a lot of people's heads. That's just TV. I understand that, but they're still rich and they're still miserable. And I know lots of other people that are rich and miserable. Money does not make you happy. That is not the point of it. It doesn't make you unhappy. It's what you do with it, right? More money, more problems. So I think that, you know, I know business people who have built amazing businesses around themselves. And unfortunately, they can't get out of it. They can't take time away from their business. So even though they're making a lot of money, they don't have any time to actually go out and spend it. They don't have time to go out and and do things with their family if they want to, because they've built this lifestyle up and now they're essentially trapped by it. And they can't, they can't go anywhere and they can't quit because they don't want to give up the lifestyle that they already have. So that's what happens a lot of times when you start putting the money first and you don't think about all the other types of wealth. Um, know a, a story about a guy and you know, he, uh, he was, uh, uh, telling this to a friend of mine and a friend of mine told me, and he was just like, you know, this guy said this to me and I, and I thought this was interesting. He worked, um, missed, you know, you know, he was working 80 to hundred hours a week till he was about 50. Then he was able to retire, missed his kids, uh, college graduations, uh, high school graduations. He missed birthdays, missed a lot of stuff along the way. But now he was 55. Kids were a little bit older. They were starting to travel and go around. And what he told my friend is he was like, you know, I worked all those years and he's like, now I'm just trying to make up for lost time. And I think a lot of us have heard that. And I think that that's just a bunch of bullshit. 
like you can't make up for lost time. Lost time is lost time. You can make up for lost money, but you can't make up for lost time. That's gone. You'll never get that back. And you know, if that was the choice that that's a choice that a lot of people make, honestly, like right now I'm, I'm making that choice. Everything's a trade-off. So I'm not saying like it has to be perfect, but I'm also saying reconsider, you know, if you're going to do something like that for 30, 40 years and be thinking that it's okay, I'll make up for it on the back end. You're not going to. So is there a way to balance that? That's the challenge that we all have. How do we balance the three key resources that we always have? Time, energy, and money. We are constantly trading time and energy for money. Well, are there ways that we can you know, trade money for more time and energy? Um, a quick example of that I never grew up with um, a maid or anything uh, uh, cleaning the house. And when me and my wife got married, we started having kids. It was getting a lot harder to do some more of the deep clean stuff. And she wanted to come in and she was like, I think we need a maid service. And I was just kind of like, eh, I don't want to spend money on that. I can clean my own house. Like maybe it's a little bit of a pride thing. I was like, I can maintain my own house, yada, yada, yada. Turns out it's a great value. We found somebody uh, who does a great job and they come in and in two hours, they do what would have taken me and my wife most of the day to do. It's really not that expensive. You know, when you consider again, the time, what they do in two hours, they're going through hustling without all the distractions that we have. It would have taken us eight hours. When you consider that, that's time that I get back to spend with my family. You know, that's, that's, that's big. So I'm trading money for time and energy. Um, so that's just one way that I think, and we'll get into that a lot more. We're going to do an episode just on the three resources, um, here coming up. But what I wanted to say is this quote by Benjamin Franklin. He says, wealth is not his that has it, but his that enjoys it goes right along with it. Can't take it with you, right? What good is making all this money and being rich if you aren't able to actually go and enjoy it and spend it, you know, working your ass off for to, you know, on a Monday through Friday, just so you can enjoy a day and a half on the weekends or, you know, to, to, you know, get that four to five day, seven day vacation once a year. Is that really what you want? Start thinking about the other types of wealth, the social wealth, the time wealth, the health wealth. Those all are equally, sometimes if not more important. Don't let monetary wealth drive your every decision. Okay, so I want to ask this question. I want to pose this to you. Who has more? I'm going to give you three different scenarios here, and I want you to think about it, and I want you to think about why you're thinking this way, okay? So who has more? The first one is the person who makes $100,000 a year working 80 hours a week or the person who makes $60,000 a year working 36 hours a week. So there's a few of you right now that are sitting there going, uh, uh, math, uh, not my strong suit. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it for you. The $60,000 a year uh, doubled you know, with 36 hours a week. You're still only working 72 hours a week, which is less than 80, and that person's making $120,000 a year. If you thought like that and you said, well, the person making $60,000 working 36 hours a week has more, if that was what you went with for that reasoning, okay, I get it. We'll get there in a second. If you said, well, the person making $100,000 a year, yeah, they're working at 80 hours a week, but you can use that $100,000 to do a lot more. You're thinking about being rich, not thinking about wealth, right? That person is, is richer than the other one, but they are not necessarily more wealthy, 
Okay. Now let's go back to the other one. Number one, let's assume this person worked in a job to where if you did work twice, it would double it. That's not normally the case. A lot of people at $60,000 a year of salary, if you work more, you're pretty much stuck at that unless it's sales or whatever the case is. But let's assume that you could double it. It was 72, went to $120,000 a year. To me, it's not about the doubling. It's not about the money. For me, it's looking at it going, the first thing I notice is I go, this person has 44 hours a week more than the other person. I don't care about the doubling. I don't care about the making of more money. I care about the fact that, oh my gosh, this person can do pretty well at $60,000 a year as far as you know, a standard of living goes. They have a lot more time on their hands to go and do anything. They could go start a side hustle if they want to make more money, do a little more business. Maybe if it's available, work some overtime. But they also have the opportunity to spend more time with friends. They also have more opportunity to go out and travel. They have more opportunities to go out and develop hobbies or volunteer, do whatever. Like they have time wealth. And that's the point that I'm trying to make here. Okay. Second situation, the person who makes $2,000, I'm sorry, $200,000 a year, but lives in like LA or New York where the higher cost of living and taxes bring that way down. Um, or the person who lives in like a Nashville, Gainesville, Huntsville, one of these villes, it only makes $80,000 a year, but the lower cost of living and taxes give them a higher take home pay equivalent to that of like a New York City's 200,000. So basically, I'm just making some rough estimates here saying you can live in a big super crowded city or you can live in a smaller town, make the same amount of salary, but your take home pay is roughly the same, whatever that number works out to be. Who has more in that situation? Is it the same? right? It's different. So it's not always about money. Even if it's, it's about where you live, there's a lot that goes into this. It's complicated. Are we thinking about those complications though? Or are we just thinking about the number? It's something to consider. The third and last one that I wanted to say, the person who puts, tw- who has more, the person who puts $24,000 in savings every year, or the person who earns $2,000 a month from investments, Again, I'll do the math for you. 2,000 times 12, 24,000. It's the same amount. So, but is it the same? No, it's not. The person who's putting $24,000 in savings every year, I'm making the assumption that this person is working for that and they have to put that in there. Whereas if you're getting $2,000 a month from investments, that's passive income, okay? So that is, again, giving you back more time. That person is more wealthy, In my opinion, it's not the same, even though it's still $24,000. The other person is doing much better because it's completely passive. So again, what, how do we define more? How do we define rich? How do we define wealth? That definition and the way that we're thinking about money is important. Are you thinking about the time? Are you thinking about the things you can do with all that time? Or are you just going, do you just look at that scenario and you go, well, they both put $24,000 away. So it's the same thing. Let's take our mindset away from money. Money is not created equal. Money is ex- is created extremely unequally, okay? Here's a little data point for you. Only 13%, that's a one in a three, only 13% of people with a net worth of, a, of $1 million think they are rich. That, uh, pfft. 13%. Now that that makes a lot of sense because like we said, we just did that statistic earlier. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, really? Like 2 million? That's all, all you think? Like you can't retire on $2 million. 
You just can't. I mean, if you live like, if you want to like extend that for 20 something years, it ain't going to work out. You're going to run out quick. So 13% of people with a net worth of a million dollars think they're rich. What does that tell you? It tells you it doesn't get you as far as you want to. Now, I'm not saying that to try to bum you out. You're like, crap, I am not turning on this podcast ever again. Man, this is not what I wanted to hear. I'm not close to a million dollars. I would take $10,000 right now. You know what I mean? But that's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is saying that if we're just chasing after the money, right, are we really going to get where we want to go? The the people that we might consider rich don't think they're rich. Okay. Rich should not be the goal. Wealth should be the goal. Point three. Okay. The higher your standard, the longer your journey to wealth. And this is just one of those that basically just comes down to what is it? Now, look, I'm, you know, very entrepreneurial and I'm in a situation to where, you know, if I wanted to go and, and you know, start another business or something like that right now that and, and quit my day job, that would be kind of tough because I have a nicer house. I have a couple kids, you know, wife, we have the standard of living. We would it would be more difficult for me to do that because my monthly expenses are higher. Whereas if you're single um, or if you have maintained a lower level of living, uh, don't have kids yet, all these other things, your journey isn't going to be as long. So it's, it's important to decide again, what's important to you. Do you want the bigger house and less time, uh, more, less ability to travel? Do you want to be able to go and travel more? So you want to have less house. Uh, do you want to live in a city that, uh, you know, is bigger, but on the outskirts because you love traveling and you want to have access to a big time airport. I know people that have done that. Or do you not really care about traveling at all? And you just want to, you know, be with your family, do all these other things and be completely debt free and not having to worry about working past, you know, very hard past 45. Uh, These are all different scenarios. There's no wrong answer. The problem is that there's so many people that I talk to and I work with on a regular basis. I do something called lifestyle strategy. And the problem is that we're, we're, we're thinking about money first. The money always comes first. The money should be secondary. The money is not what's dictating where we want to get in our life. It's, it's the tool that helps us get what we want, right? But if I'm sitting here and all I'm doing is thinking about dollar dollar bills, yo, and how am I going to make this money? And then how am I going to go spend it? Well, then at that point, the money's controlling me. Don't let the money control you. Okay. You control the money and the best way to do it, because unfortunately we are not squirrels. Life would be a lot easier for all of us. If, uh, I mean, minus the fact that we want to have opposable thumbs and you know, that would make a lot of the things that we're doing nowadays really difficult, <laughs> but if we had the behavior of squirrels, squirrels bury like twice as much nuts, uh, prior to, um, winter to save up than they actually need you can thank them for a whole bunch of the trees that are growing anywhere around the planet, right? But what I'm trying to say is we make a lot more money than we think, but it just ends up going places. We are not natural savers. We are not natural investors. Thanks to, you know, the fact that we are human, thanks to the billions and billions of dollars of advertising that, you know, companies are using in order to get products in front of us. The average human, by the way, sees about 4,000, sees and hears about 4,000 ads a day. 4,000 ads a 
day. That's a lot of stuff trying to clamor for our attention. It's a lot of noise out there. A lot of people spending money to try to get us to spend our money with them. So we have, uh, you know, we have songs that uh, from musicians and artists and, and things we watch on TV and media that is portraying these lifestyles that require what money. And that's part of the problem, right? It's it, we've got a lot of stuff working against us. This is not natural for us to try to live a little below our means and it and, and, and to save. So again, I like money. I have you know, I, I have every intention of reaching my $10 million goal and and being able to call myself rich here in the not too distant future. But, you know, and I, and I think everybody should, but the difference is how I'm going to get there is not going to be dictated by the, the dollar signs. It's not going to be dictated by that number that I have in my head. It's going to be dictated by the fact that I want weekends off with my family. That whatever my job is, my Saturdays and Sundays are sacred to me, and I spend that with them. Now, I'm not saying I won't ever, you know, go and 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 use a Saturday or Sunday to get a little something done. But at the same time, I'm also not living on Monday through Friday. I, I'm not sitting here just going. I'm only going to work Monday through Friday. I might, you know, take a little time on Saturday if I can give a little time to my family or my friends on on a Thursday. Like it, it doesn't. It's not as clean for me. I don't want it to be that way. I don't want to live from from Monday uh, to Friday. I love Mondays. Mondays are great for me. I I love what I do. Um, I love working with people. I love being able to to get out there and hustle. Like that's great for me. So I I have no problem with. I, I don't get cases of the month. Mondays. Well, I take that back every once in a while. Last, what was it? Uh, two Mondays ago, I think I had a root canal. That was, um, that was a serious case of the Mondays. But anyway, I digress. So the point that I'm going to leave you with, the quote, I should say, is something that I heard. Somebody told me this, and I thought this was really interesting. They said, no one wants to be rich. They just want to be richer than the next person. That just kind of hit me. They kind of did it for me, and I was like, would we even know what rich is if we couldn't compare it to somebody else? How would we think about things if we we couldn't pay attention to anybody else's house or anything else like that? And you just took away that level of envy. I think social media, um, social media is not the problem, by the way. What we put on social media is the problem. We're the, we're the ones that are on Instagram sharing only the best parts of our life. We're the ones on Facebook only putting out, you know, the best stuff. We're the ones on TikTok that are only showing, you know, the the glamour and, uh, you know, some funny dancing videos as well. So I, I think that, you know, when it comes to that, we as humans need to take some responsibility for, you know, being genuine. And there's nothing wrong with posting your family vacation photos that, you know, you took in Bora Bora or uh, wherever the case is. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. There's nothing wrong with, hey, you, I I got a new car and all that other stuff. That's fine, right? But, but is there any kind of balance? You know, that's, that's what it is. So again, social media is not the problem. We are the problem. That's just, a, that's just, a, again, it's a tool. It's a hammer. Are you using that hammer to bust holes in the wall or are you using the hammer to actually build something that's worth building? So that's my kind of perspective on all of that. Um, you know, so again, to wrap this up here, I just want to leave you with that. The big thought that I would just hope that you would take this week, start a conversation with somebody about this, by the way. Uh, one of the things that I am huge about is talking about money. Talk to people about money. Bring it up at lunch with some coworkers. Talk to your your spouse or your, your, your girlfriend or boyfriend about it. You know, uh, talk to your friends about money. We, we have this weird thing in our culture to where it's just this voodoo 
topic. And we're going to do uh, an episode just on that. But it's something that I just I want to change. I love talking about money, not because uh, I think that, you know, not, I'm greedy or anything like that. It's the exact opposite. I just want people to make good decisions with their lives. I want people to be informed about what it is that they're getting themselves into. Those are the reasons that I love talking about money. I just want help. I want to help people be happy. I want pe- I want to help people feel safe. I want to help people to feel confident that they can provide uh, the life that they want for the people that they care about. That's why I'm doing this. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Check it out. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and had a good time. If you'd like to support this podcast and our broader efforts with everything money to bring quality financial entertainment and education to the masses, then please just take five seconds to go give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or vote for us on Spotify. You can also check out our Patreon page for more behind the scenes and go to www.everything.money for more problem-solving and life-changing information. Most of all, thanks for listening.